Excited to be with you this morning. My name is Stephen Knight. I am the serve pastor here. Excited to dive into God's word with you as we start a new sermon series as well, as well called His Word, My Story. This month, some of our pastors are going to be sharing from God's word stories and passages of scripture that are special to them, but we hope will also be special to you as well. I also love that it's Family Sunday. We've got lots of kids and students in here, so we're excited to have you in here with us. Um, before we jump into our text today, I wanted to share this with you. And, and so you can see it. This is an older Bible I have. Oh, sorry, guys. We're having some problem. Uh, this is an older Bible I've got. And this was actually passed down to me from my grandfather. Now, after my grandfather passed, he had several different Bibles that were passed around to different family members. This is, this is one I received. And as I looked through it for the first time, it was interesting. I'd see different passages that were underlined. And I'd see different spots where he would write notes in the margins and different things. And I don't know if you can see it from, from there, but this is well-worn. And for me, I, in a way, I got a picture of part of my grandfather's spiritual growth. I could see the passages that were important to him and, and some of his thoughts and what he was thinking about both for himself and um, for his, his life and his family. And as I looked at that and I thought about his spiritual growth, it got me thinking about my spiritual growth about those that have poured into me spiritually and those not only that have poured into me, but those that I hope that I've made an impact on, that I've discipled in my life. Now, there's both discipleship of those you, you seek out and you, you pour into, but then there's also, um, just a, a, in my role as a parent, there's a natural uh, way for me to disciple others, not to disciple my kids. I'll introduce you to my family real quick. They, uh, there's a picture on the screen we're going to pull up. This is my wife, Katie, and then my boys, Samuel and Joseph. And one of the, the joys that Katie and I have as parents is to talk about God with our kids. And that is both um, planned and unplanned in terms of what that looks like in our daily lives. Sometimes we have conversations and we plan them. So, for example, in the mornings, um, we spend time in God's Word. And as we study God's Word, we try to take whatever we're learning about and then talk with our kids about that as well. And, and sometimes it's super simple. Hey, I read this this morning. This is something I learned. And sometimes you get a little conversation. Sometimes you just get a head nod, right? And uh, that's normal. But then there are the other times where maybe parts of our conversation are unplanned. It's just during the day we find opportunities to talk about God and talk about how we're supposed to live. And as we look at our text this morning, one of the things I want to encourage us to think about, I think a, a key takeaway, if you took away one thing from this morning and what this text says, is that we are to love God, disciple others all day, every day. And that's what we're supposed to do as Christians. We're going to be looking at Deuteronomy chapter 6, this passage in verses 4 through 9. So you can go ahead and turn your Bibles or turn on your Bible app and, and to pull that up. We're in Deuteronomy 6, starting in verse 4. Um, but as we get into this passage, one of the things I wanted to share with you is a little bit of the background, because the background of this text is significant and points to why this passage is so significant for us. Deuteronomy is a book that's comprised mostly of, of sermons or speeches that Moses gives to the Israelites. Now, Moses is preparing them to enter the promised land. They had just gone through 40 years in the wilderness. And 
That was the result of before they had been disobedient to God when he said to enter the promised land. And they said no. And as a consequence, they're in the wilderness for 40 years. And, and now they're preparing to go into it again. And actually, Moses is at the end of his life. And he's about to pass off the leadership of the Israelites to Joshua, who will then lead them into the promised land. Now, as this takes place, he, he gathers the Israelites and give them, gives them instructions for how they're supposed to live. Now, the reason he does this, one, is for those that were uh, pre there previous to before their 40-year period in the wilderness, they might need a little bit of a reminder. And for those that were born in the wilderness, I mean, 40 years is a long time. There's quite a few people that are born in the wilderness and don't even remember before that because they weren't there. So Moses gathers them all together and he starts to give them instructions for how they're supposed to live and how they're supposed to follow God. And in the midst of those instructions, for example, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, he, he shares the Ten Commandments with them again. So to give you an example, he's kind of reviewing some different things, and he shares Ten Commandments and some other things. And then at the beginning of chapter 6, he talks about how every generation should follow God. And then from there, he begins to share this speech, which we see in Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting at verse 4. Now, this passage is also significant. It's something today known as the Shema. The Shema is important not only to the Israelites during this time, but to uh, Christians and to Jews today. In fact, some Jews today will actually pray the Shema, this passage, as a prayer twice a day. So this is a passage that's hugely significant in their lives. And I think for us as Christians, as we look at this passage, it's hugely significant. Not only because it's in Scripture and all Scripture is important for us, but Jesus actually cites the Shema, this passage of scripture we're about to get into. He cites this passage in Mark chapter 12 when he shares the greatest commandment. So this is important for us. And as we dive into it, I just want to take some time to break, break down this passage for us. Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 4. It says this, Hear Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Right there at the beginning, he says, hear Israel. He's getting their attention again. He's saying, I'm about to say something very important. Hear Israel. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. There is no one like our Lord. There is no one like him. That's what it's saying. He is one and he's the only one. And there is no one else that ever has been like him or ever will be like him. And then he goes on to the, the next verse there. And he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your strength. Now, it's essentially saying, love the Lord with everything you've got. Now, the, a few key words there you see, love the Lord with your heart. It's really, in early Hebrew, that would refer to both emotions and the mind. So love him with your emotions and, and with your mind, your thoughts. And then when he says strength, he's really for like energy and ability to, to love him in that way. And then and soul, he's really talking about entire being. So love the Lord with everything you've got. And as we think about for us in our culture, this is a little bit more challenging because we don't see this practiced a lot all around us in our day-to-day -day lives. But we do see there, there's some other things in our culture that are pretty common. Uh, I'll give you two examples real quick. Um, one of them being when, 
we love things in our, in our culture and we put all of our energy and attention and time into them. One is our comfort as Americans. And that's a pretty normal thing for us. We pursue our comfort. Anytime, think about that. Anytime we're uncomfortable, we try to get comfortable, right? And then throughout our lives, we slowly look for ways to get more comfortable as well. And, and I'm not saying that it's bad to have comfort. God does provide things for us. He blesses us. But sometimes a, a temptation in our lives may be, and we see this around us, to pursue our comfort with everything we've got. Another one is our, our careers. Sometimes we're tempted to pursue our careers with everything we've got and to put all of our time and energy. And I'm not just talking about working hard at your job or during the day or building a business, whatever it might look like. Um, but if you're if you're, doing, uh, you're answering work texts during family dinners, if you're working from the moment you get up to the moment you go to bed um, and pursuing your career with everything you've got, that's something that as we look around us in our culture, in our day-to-day -day lives, um, is, is a pretty easy thing for us to do. It's a temptation for all of us because we see it practiced a lot. But when we look at scripture, and again, comfort not being a bad thing because God blesses us with, with things in our lives to enjoy and, and work is not a bad thing. In fact, that's one of the reasons God created us was to work and that, and that can be a good thing. We're called to work hard in everything we do. But when we look at this passage, the key thing there, it says, love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and all your strength. Put all of your energy and time to loving him. So as we... Think about this passage in light of how we're supposed to live. So we've talked about loving God. Now we're going to talk about discipling others. Remember that phrase we said earlier, love God, disciple others all day, every day. We just, that, the first two verses covered loving God, and now we're going to talk about discipling others. Starting in verse 6. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. And really there, it's referring to your heart in the sense of it shapes all of who you are and what you do. And it goes on, verse 7, And you shall repeat them diligently to your sons and speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk on the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Now, there, there's a lot in that passage. And just to take a moment to unpack that. First, we're, we're talking about passing on these truths to our children. So we're talking about who God is and how we're supposed to live and that this is just a normal conversation that happens in our daily lives. So you see there it says when you sit in your house, you're, you're sitting down and you're talking. It says when you walk on the road. Now most of us don't walk to our jobs or walk to school or different places, but we drive. So it's when you're out and about, when you're going to and from different places, when you lie down and you get up. So everything between the moment when you get up in the morning and the moment when you go to bed, you are repeating these words. And this is a normal part of our conversations in our daily lives. Now, as we think about how to apply that, I want to speak to a few groups real quick that are here in this room. Uh, the first is I want to speak to my parents that have kids or, or students that are in the home with you. This passage is, is one of the key texts in Scripture that points to parents as the, to having that primary role in the discipleship of their kids. So for you and for me to look at that and to understand that, yes, there are others that come alongside us. There are friends. There's, there's the church. There's this, maybe even in school. There's others that can come alongside and help in the discipleship of our kids. But that primary role falls on us as parents as we look at that in our day-to-day -day lives. And that's a normal part of our conversations in the home and outside of the home. Now, when I've shared that with parents before, 
uh, I've heard uh, usually one of two responses. I hear one response that, yeah, I, I've, I've heard that before. I've thought about that. I need to keep growing on that. That's a good reminder. And, and they process through it that way. And I've heard others that said, well, I didn't know that. But when you say that, and then I look at my life, like that seems like a lot of things to add to a very, already very busy schedule. And I just want to take a moment to encourage you today. As you think about this, it's not so much a, hey, I'm super busy and add 10 more things, but to make some tweaks to how you live your daily life. So that discipleship in your home is just a normal part of what you do. It's, it's making tweaks. Uh, for example, if you're during the week, you're spending time in God's word, maybe whatever you've learned spiritually that week to take that, maybe just talk with your kids about it. Just say, hey, I learned this this week as I looked at scripture. What do you think about that? Or to maybe take some time to um, pray with them in the evenings. Or, or in our passage, it talks about when you're on the road. Um, if you've got younger kids, you, you occasionally will do some trips out and into the store uh, just to get out somewhere, be someone different. If you've got older kids uh, or teenagers, you probably feel some days like a professional Uber driver, if you know what I'm saying, because you're driving all the different places, right? And as you're uh, out and about, you're in the car, there's an opportunity to have those conversations, to occasionally just click off the radio and to talk with them. And sometimes it may be about something you've learned recently or they've learned recently. And sometimes it might just be looking for an opportunity to talk about God and how he's blessed us and how we're supposed to live. As you're driving along to notice, hey, I'm so grateful. Look how easy it is for us to get access to food. If I'm hungry, I can go right there, right there, right there. There's multiple places I can go. What a blessing that is. And to look for things like that and have those conversations in the car as you're going about your day. Now, that's a that's a quick example for my parents, but for a few other groups in the room, um, I know we've got some kids and students here. I, I encourage you guys to be thinking about how you can be talking with others about Jesus. Because when you start following Jesus, it doesn't make you a junior Christian just because you're a kid or because you're a, a student. God says, no, you're a Christian. I want you to follow me and to tell others about Jesus. And for those in the room, maybe, maybe you're in a different stage. Maybe you're single. And it's saying, not only is God a daily part of my life, but maybe as I look at this passage and, and think about how I can apply this in my life, maybe it's looking for someone that I can pour into myself, that I can disciple. Because you have to remember, as, as Moses is sharing this with the entire group of Israelites, he's, he's not just addressing the parents, but he's addressing the entire nation. There's a responsibility for everyone, regardless of what life stage they're in, to make an impact and to disciple others. So for you, if you're, if you're single, looking for those opportunities to disciple someone in, in conversations about God, that's just a normal part of your week. Now for those that maybe you've got kids, maybe uh, they've, they've moved out of the house, that's an opportunity for you to do that now, kind of in this life stage, to look for others to pour into. Or maybe you're a grandparent, you've got grandkids, if may, some of you might have an opportunity to pour into their lives, uh, just to give you some different examples. But as you, as you hear these words and think about, how can I make a difference? As I sit in the house, as I walk on the road, when I, in between when I lie down, when I, when I get up, to look for ways, just to tweak what you're doing, just to take your, your life, what you're doing, and to and uh, find ways to make an impact, to have converse, spiritual conversations with others and to identify who can I be pouring into. 
Now, as Moses goes on this passage, verse 8, he says, you shall also tie them. So again, he's talking about God's commandments. You shall also tie them as a sign to your hand, and they shall be as frontlets on your forehead. You shall also write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So he's talking about how God's commandments should be obvious in, in how people live. And, and for us, that, that should be something that we think about all the time. So to give you a few quick examples from text here, so hand and, and forehead, uh, that's, that's talking about, that's, um, you're thinking about this all the time, and that's evident in your actions and your attitudes towards others. And it says, write them on the doorposts of your house. That means as you come and go, you're thinking about God's commandments. That's just a normal thing as you go in and out of the house. Or on the gates, now that's not referring to like the gate of your backyard. Uh, during this time, the gates w- uh, would be the gate of the city is what it's referring to. And at the gate of the city, they would actually gather, and that was the main places of social interaction for them in that time. Now, for us, we probably would not say we're going to go hang out at the gates of Willow Park or wherever else and, and have, have a cookout or something like that. But for us, wherever those social settings are, where we spend time with people, that, that's just a normal thing that we're thinking about. Now, I think that the, this part of the passage is meant to be more uh, figurative, that we're thinking about them in the sense of um, it's just a normal part of our lives and we think about that each day. But, but some, some people, including modern, so there's some modern day Jews who've taken this literally and, and encouraged their, their spiritual growth. So I'll give you an example. Here's a picture of something called a phylactery. So this is a box that's in a pouch with a leather strap. So he literally, in this picture, you can see he's tied it to his forehead and in that box is scripture. Now, one of the passages that are often in the phylactery is something, uh, is this passage today, is called the Shema. So they would write it out, wrap it up, put it in this box, and they'd literally be thinking about it all the time because it's right there. They'd be thinking about how they're supposed to live. Now, for us, uh, you'll notice I did not buy a phylactery and wear it this morning uh, myself. Um, that's not something I will probably will practice in my daily life. But as I thought about that too, and and thinking about um, what are some reminders that I can put in my life, that our family could put in our lives to be thinking about how we're supposed to live and how we're supposed to follow God. One of the things we did, I'll show you a picture here. We put a few signs up around our house. Uh, This is one of them. It's pretty simple, but it's it's a chalkboard. And we wrote out Deuteronomy 6 verses 4 and 5 and hung that above our kitchen table. So that's something that reminds us about how we're supposed to live. We see that and and continually think about how we're supposed to be living as we're following God. And we put up a few things around our house that way just to be reminders for us, to keep that at the forefront of our minds. Now, I know it's Family Sunday. I wanted to to share something fun with some of our kids and some of our students here. Uh, Not right now, but after service when you go, on the back wall, there's a table with some green sunglasses. And it says Deuteronomy 6 on the side. It's just kind of a a fun reminder about this passage and how we're supposed to live. So if you're a kid, if you're a student, or an adult with a really small head, you're welcome to grab some of those sunglasses. (laughs) You can take a pair or grab another one for a friend if you'd like as well. Um, But just wanted to do something fun. Just know it's a family Sunday as we think about this passage. But I do want to take a moment to encourage us because when you hear this, sometimes you hear this and you go, oh, that's good, that's grinder. But sometimes it's, it's almost overwhelming in a way of, oh my goodness, that, that's a lot to think through and process through. But God knew that we couldn't do it perfectly. 
In fact, when Moses is instructing the Israelites, God knew that they could not live this out perfectly. And that's why he sent Jesus, his son, Jesus, to earth. Jesus lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for our sins and then rose again so that if we ask for the forgiveness of our sins, the wrong that we've done, and follow him, that we would have eternal life with him. So we're not, when, when we talk about how to live this out and these different things we do during our day, we're not trying to earn favor with God. We're not trying to be good enough for God that maybe God would accept us. But what we're doing is as Christians, God has already rescued us. We follow him, he has saved us. And out of response to God's great love for us, we live this way. We, we look to do this in our daily lives. So I, I want to share that with you because even for you, for me, as we walk out of here today and however we apply this to our lives, we're not going to do it perfectly. But we don't have to do it perfectly because we have a God who is perfect, who has saved us, and we will do the best we can to follow him each and every day as we seek to live these words out. Now, this, this topic of discipleship is important. I wrote down a, a quote from C.S. Lewis that kind of encapsulates this. He says, The church exists for nothing else but to draw men and women into Christ, to make them little Christ. If they are not doing that, all the cathedrals, clergy, missions, sermons, even the Bible itself are simply a waste of time. God became man for no other purpose. Wow. That, that's that's what we're here for. That's why we have the word. This is our purpose to make disciples. We are to, to go out and to share the gospel to people that do not know Jesus, that are not following him, so that if they ask for that forgiveness of their sins and they follow Jesus, then, then we pour into them and we disciple them. We help them grow just as we grow ourselves. That's why we're here, brothers and sisters. That's why we exist. So as we think about this passage today, as we think about the Shema, I encourage you to think about what is your one next step? What are you going to take away from today? And maybe for you, that's finding someone to disciple. If you don't have that, every single one of us has, has been given not only eternal life with God, but the opportunity we can disciple. It doesn't matter how much we have grown or not grown spiritually, we can disciple someone else. So maybe that's for you, or maybe uh, for some of our parents you think about in this home, maybe there's something, and I gave a few examples earlier, maybe there's something you can do in your home this week to disciple your kids. So before we even go, I want to take a moment right now to let you pray, right where you're at, silently pray, and to go before God and lift that up to him and ask him, God, what do you want my next step to be? So let's take a moment right now. Go ahead and pray silently where you're at. God, what is my next step? I want you to pray about that and think about that for a moment and spend that time with him. Brothers and sisters, I've been impacted by others 
I am grateful. Legacy of my grandfather, those that have poured into me, and it reminds me about how I'm going to pour into others as well. So my question for you is, how will you make an impact? As we seek to live out the words of this passage, to love God, disciple others, all day, every day. Would you say that with me? Love God, disciple others, all day, every day. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you. We thank you for the opportunity we have this morning to worship you, to spend time in your word, to think about who you are and how we are called to live. We ask that you would help each one of us as we think about this passage, the Shema, as we think about not only the Israelites and your faithfulness to them, but we think about your faithfulness to us, God, that these steps of growth, whatever, however each of us tries to apply this to our lives this week, God, that we do this out of response to your love for us. So I ask for each one of us that you would reveal how we can continue to grow and continue to make an impact for your kingdom. How we can love you and disciple others all day, every day. In Jesus' name, amen.